This episode of the Local Hustlers podcast is brought to you by Audible. If you're listening to this podcast right now, then I'm going to assume that you would also enjoy listening to audiobooks. Whether you're interested in business, history, comedy, science fiction, or romance, Audible has thousands of titles for you to choose from. We want you to try out Audible for free, so if you head to our link, you'll get a 30-day free trial and a free book. So go to audibletrial.com slash local hustlers podcast to redeem your trial today. Again, that's audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E, trial.com slash local hustlers podcast. You're listening to the Local Hustlers Podcast, your go-to source for connecting with small businesses and entrepreneurs in the East Valley. Get ready to be inspired by local entrepreneurs as they share their stories, mindset, best tips, and advice. And now, your co-hosts, Dallin and Eric Huso. All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Local Hustlers Podcast. This week, we're super excited to be here with Candace Spivey with Honey Bee Cake Co. Hi. How's it going? Good. Good. Welcome, Candace. Thank you. Yeah. Um, take a few minutes before we kind of dive into the business and give us a little background on yourself. Uh, well, I moved here from just the South in general. My husband and I moved, I think, three times before we actually got to Phoenix. Uh, most recently came from Savannah, Georgia, and cool. kind of worked like a series of jobs that I was really unhappy with. Mm-hmm. And by the time we got here, I was like, okay, like it's fine. It's time for me to find something that I really want to do with my life. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I kind of just stumbled into cake artistry. Stumbled into that. <laughs> Let's dig into that. <laughs> yeah, so I've kind of always been, you know, a very artistic person. And I thought, well, I'm good at baking and I'm good at art. So I kind of just merged those together and I found kind of my own path with that. Um, yeah, so here we are. So, so previously, did any of your jobs before have anything to do with baking or with art? No. So I was a property manager and I was a nanny for a little bit. And then, I don't know, I just ended up kind of doing that on the side for a little bit while I was still working. Uh-huh. Here and or was this over in Georgia? In, in Phoenix. Okay. Yeah. So I did both for about a year and then, you know, just kind of took classes in between Mm -hmm. and kind of honed in on my talent a little bit and yeah so rest was history any any like college experience previously or well I took some classes I took some pastry classes just initially to kind of get a good understanding of baking and what to do I didn't Mm -hmm. graduate or anything I, I literally just took the classes that I needed in order to get started yeah um and then from there yeah I kind of more honed in on what is the medium that I wanted to use. Mm -hmm. Like, was I going to be a fondant cake artist? Was I going to be a buttercream? Was I going to be ganache? So I chose buttercream. If you look at my Instagram, it looks like I'm just like a super fondant hater, but that couldn't be further from the truth. I'm actually just not great at it. Like, it's just not something that I'm super skilled at. I mean, I also don't think that it tastes delicious. So It doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you picked the buttercream. (laughs) Yes. So... So you went to school actually to get an education, not just to, to get a degree. You actually went and, and just took the classes that you needed to learn from that for whatever you wanted to do, right? Yeah, just a few classes. Um, and then before that, I actually went to business school. Oh, really? I, yeah, I didn't graduate from that either. I felt like a lot of artists kind of experience this thing where they just kind of want to like dip their toe in a little bit of everything until they figure out what it is they're supposed to be doing right so it's been a very long journey like i didn't actually get started as a cake artist until i was gosh i guess 28 
was when I launched my business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you consider yourself an artist. Yes. Talk to us a little bit about your background in art and where that started and, and different things you've done prior to the cakes. Uh, painting. I love painting. I've always been super into drawing, um, anything creative, you know, even when it comes right down to like, um, you know, designing home interior things. That's kind of what I thought that I wanted to do when I was younger. And when I kind of expanded on that, I'm like, oh wait, like there's no money in that. I mean, it was (laughs) like, you know, 2000s and stuff like kind of earlier on where that wasn't a very popular thing. Like Chip and Joanna Gaines hadn't like come out with their stuff yet. So um, yeah. And then, you know, kind of as I honed in, I was like, wait, actually, if I could, if there could be art that I could eat, that would be even better. So <laughs> yes. That's kind of art, right? Yeah, exactly. And then baking, did you have any, um, any history with that just besides baking for fun? Um, no, my grandmother actually taught me a lot about baking. Um, I, I'll never forget. I spent, Oh gosh, I think it was an entire week. It was like grandma boot camp and she Mm -hmm. taught me everything that there was to know about baking. Mm -hmm. So I took that and then I took what I learned from school and I kind of combined both of those things and kind of made my own recipes. Gotcha. Yeah. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Um, When you kind of stumbled across the, the cake business, why did you decide to go the route of starting your own business rather than finding someone to work for? You know... I probably should have worked for someone for a little bit just to like realize what I was getting myself into. Um, But I think that when you're going to be an artist full time, like that's something that you're going to be much more beneficial if you work for yourself. Like I think that the hardest part with being a cake artist is have someone tell you, okay, like I want this exact cake. I need you to replicate this exact cake. And it's like, I can't do that. Like I can pull inspiration from you know, colors and, you know, the vibe and stuff like that, but I can't duplicate something. You know, if you're going to be an artist, I think it's the same situation with working with someone, mm-hmm. you know, like you can't be exactly told what to do. You kind of just have to do it. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Uh, was that like a hard decision for you to make then to, to start your own business? Did you have any like family members or friends who have experience in the entrepreneurial world that you could go to? Or what was that kind of decision and process like? Uh, no, I know zero entrepreneurs when, (laughs) when I first got started. So I had no idea what I was getting into. I kind of still don't really know. (laughs) I'm kidding. But, um, I remember one day I just woke up and I was like, I cannot do this job anymore that I was working Mm -hmm. and I quit. And I said, I think I'm going to be a cake artist. And my husband was like, okay, cool. (laughs) Like, I guess that's what we're going to do now. And yeah. So and so how long have you been in business now? Uh, let's see. I started uh, 2018. 18? Yeah. So like three yeah. years now? Yes. Cool. Mm-hmm. Any mistakes or things you did on the way uh, starting off that now looking back you wish you would have done differently or that if you were talking to someone that's getting started in, in, some, uh, in a similar industry that you would have some advice or tips for them? You know, I made so many mistakes. <laughs> I mean, just... I could I couldn't even sit here all day and tell you the mistakes that I made. Like, I think the most important thing that I would tell myself is to just like lean into it yeah. and be okay with the mistakes and understand that you're going to make mistakes and just learn from it. Like, you can be the juiciest peach, but not everyone is gonna like peaches. I guess I would say, um, not everyone is gonna 
like your artistry. Not everyone is going to like what you're doing, but you have to stick to it if you believe what you're going to be doing, if that makes sense. Yeah. So um, particular mistakes, I would say (laughs) maybe figure out your pricing and maybe I mean, I felt like at the beginning I was literally paying people to make cakes because making them was so expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, All of the decorating tools and utensils. I mean, I don't feel like I made any money the first year and a half, like none. So I, you know, I I would just look back and tell my previous self, it's okay. Like you're going to get to a point where you're going to make a little bit more money, but you just got to stick with it. Yeah. You know? I love what you said about not everyone's going to love what you do, but you just have to stick to what you're good at or what you're passionate about. I heard a a quote the other day that said, some people like hot tea, some people like cold tea. So you're not benefiting anyone by serving warm tea. So you got to just stick to what you're good at and you will have an audience for that. And I'm sure it sounds like you found that. For sure. Yeah. I I would tell any artist or entrepreneur the same thing. Definitely. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Well, tell us a bit about the business, the process of getting started. Are you like in a shop? Do you just work from home or what's kind of your, your business model? So I have a home studio. Um, everyone keeps asking me, when are you opening a storefront? Like we we want to be able to purchase your cakes like daily. Yeah. Like we're ready for that. And I'm like, I am not ready for that. Um, I don't think that I will ever make that move. I love being small and I love having my cakes in front of me where I do everything start to finish. Mm-hmm. I feel like I am where I want to be. Um, so I don't, I don't really see myself expanding unless it is to get like a, a studio where I can have like two more ovens for myself. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, and I actually wanted to talk about that a bit because I remember in an Instagram post a a couple Mm -hmm. weeks ago or a month ago, you kind of talked about that, how a lot of people ask you about scaling and growing and how you just, you're comfortable where you're at, whether that's, you know, short term or long term, you're happy with where you're at. What was it like, I guess, coming to terms with, with that and understanding that for you, scaling isn't the right thing, maybe ever, but at least for right now, that that's not what the best thing is for you or for the business. So funny story. Um, I auditioned for several baking shows and along the way I realized that even though like I made it to like I was supposed to be on the show Mm -hmm. when I received that contract and I was reading it over and I was like, this isn't for me. This isn't my path. This isn't my journey. And I need to step away and I need to realize that what I'm doing currently is what makes me happy. Like I don't need to be like famous. Like I just want to fulfill like my artistic path, I guess you would say. Mm -hmm. So I love your clarity of intention. Yeah. It's so easy to get pulled away from really what you love just by whether it's money or fame uh, and then pretty soon uh, you've lost that passion and that love for what you set out to do originally. So I love your clear intention on that. Thank you. So yeah, it sounds like you've really you know honed in on on appreciating where you're at, living in the moment. How do you balance that with the also the important aspect of you know having goals, looking towards the future, and focusing on that, which is something we hear a lot about when we're interviewing guests, the importance of goals and 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 looking forward to the future and always growing, but at the same time balancing that with what it seems like you're really good at is also just being happy with where you're at and, and living in the moment. Yeah, I think, you know, definitely having those goals and being like, so for me, my goals are to do more wedding cakes mm-hmm. and be strictly wedding cakes. That's just what I want to do. Um, but also I, I definitely believe that if something is supposed to be in my path, that it's going to be put in my path. 
you know, and I'm going to go out and seek things, but you know, as long as I have my goals for myself and those are fulfilled, then yeah. I'll be fulfilled, I guess I would yeah. say. Well, it'd be cool to go on a baking show though, just from the sound of it. <laughs> so you think, I mean, I just, it, I'll put it this way. It's not, that is not my path. Uh-huh. It's, it's a, a lot more goes into it than I think that people see. Um, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Was there something specific in the contract yeah, that, that was like, what out it? of alignment with you and what you're committed to? Um, you know, <laughs> it's it's a lot of you sign your life away essentially, mm-hmm. and um, there's a lot of kind of legal jargon in there that's like if you you know if you go on, I couldn't be on this podcast right now. You know, there's there's a lot of things that I just wouldn't be able to do for an extended period of time. Um, and that's just one of the tiny things. Um, I, I can't go into much more detail than that, but there's just a lot of things that you kind of have to know and understand before you even go on the show. Hmm. So, but yeah. Once again, I just love how you know what you value, you know what you're committed to, you have a clear intention. And when you were presented an opportunity, you sensed that it was out of alignment with what you declared you're committed to and you said no that's that doesn't happen every day yeah yeah thank you i appreciate that and you mentioned that you had like a couple different opportunities to to get on a show which i feel like a lot of people maybe that is what they want to do they're trying to do it and it seems like a a hard thing to be able to get on the show so like Mm -hmm. if someone was wanting to do something like that like what what's how are you able to get so many opportunities i guess is what i'm asking to be able to to do that um, let me, you know, just say that the opportunity to even be on a show, mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's huge. Yeah. Like to take that and just be like, oh my God, like to see that email come through of, you know, a producer saying, Hey, we want to talk to you for sure. Huge. I yeah. mean, that in itself is such a compliment to my work. Yeah. But you know, if I were to give someone a piece of advice going on a show, just understand that your your business is going to have to sacrifice a lot in mm-hmm. order to be on that show yeah. um, and make sure that it truly like aligns with what you want to do and make sure that like you're okay with sacrificing a lot of your business to be on that show. Mm-hmm. So because there can be a period where it's like, okay, we really want you on this show. Um, let's talk. And there will be Skype interviews and all of this stuff. And then by the time the show actually rolls around and they're like, okay, like you're chosen to be on the show. Like you have to be in LA in two days. And you're like, wait, no, like I have wedding cakes. <laughs> like I can't cancel this wedding. So especially if you're a solopreneur, like just make sure that you're okay with giving that up. Yeah. So. Well, it's a good thing you said no, so you could be on this podcast. Right. Instead, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Um, do you, out of curiosity, do you watch a lot of like baking and cooking shows? Is there anything from those shows that are, are beneficial um, to someone in this industry or is it more just entertainment? I think the only baking show that I truly enjoy watching is Nailed It. Okay, yeah. Uh, this is the best show. First, I'm a huge Nicole Byer fan. I think she's hilarious. Um, but just like watching people mess up is my favorite thing. Uh-huh. So I even like enjoy roasting myself. So it's just a good time. Yeah. Is that the one where they have like big or people that don't really know how to cook? Right. And they have to copy a, yeah, a cake it, or whatever. And yeah. usually they're pretty bad. It's a hot mess. A hot mess. Yes. You have to watch it. It's on Netflix. Have yeah. you seen that one? No, but it sounds like that'd be a show I could qualify for. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe, maybe <laughs> right. we could go on I'm, that one. I'm not going to be right. on some of those cake or shows, but maybe I could be on that one if they get somebody that doesn't know what they're doing. Right. When I think of cakes, you know, I think of that $1.09 Duncan Hines box of cake that you 
add an egg and the oil and water and mix right. it up. And put it right. In the and oven, then like so. sometimes you forget the eggs, but like it's fine. <laughs> right. Yeah, it still works. <laughs> so, so starting a business, especially working from home, what are like the, the legal aspects? Is it, is, are there a lot of uh, hoops you got to jump through still to get started? Or is it a lot easier working from home to get um, a baking shop going? Um, it is, there are a lot of things that I would say, make sure that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, if you're going to start this business, make sure you, before you even like put yourself on the internet, like get an LLC. Yeah. Step one. And then two, like, uh, make sure that you're insured. You never know where your cake is going. Um, so if someone tries to sue you because you have nuts in your pantry, like that's a whole issue. Um, so yeah, I think those two things are the most important, um, the state of Arizona has a few different um, things that you can do, you know, if you want to bake in your home, but you would just go to their website and, you know, read up on all of that to see if you wanted to enroll. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Good, t- good tips. Mm-hmm. You've mentioned specifically that you're a cake artist. Mm-hmm. So what separates a cake artist from just a baker that makes cakes as well? I think that when you think of a baker, it's just like delicious pastries and like, you know, delicious pies and things like that. And while I'm, good at baking and I understand it, I will say that that is not my favorite thing to do. Okay. I'm just going to be honest with you. <laughs> like I I do the baking to get to the cake artistry. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that everyone has the one thing that they do in their job that they don't love, Yeah. but they do it to get to that point that they do love. And for mm-hmm. me, that's it. Um, and I think that probably most cake artists feel that way. Um, you know, they just want to create. Yeah. So, yeah. So do you currently do baking still, or is that something you used to do to be able to get to a point where you were just doing cakes? Um, I do still do all of my baking. Okay. Everything is, my emails, everything is done through me. Um, the dream would be to hire someone to do all of my baking for me, uh-huh. and then I just do everything from there. Um, but I think that that would require me to move in a little bit larger studio space, Um so that I could have two people in the kitchen. Because gotcha. right now it's just a really small space. Uh-huh. So. And that's purely just out of your love and, and passion for cakes in general? Yeah. I think that there's... um, You have to understand the medium that you're working with. Like mm-hmm. with buttercream. Like you have to get like the exact precise recipe for it. And yeah. able to be able to create with it. So that's something that I've been fortunate to figure out. So cakes is my... The thing that I use. I don't think that I could make a pastry pretty, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> uh, why don't we talk a bit about the cakes, maybe some of your favorite de- favorite cake designs you've had to do, mm-hmm. um, any fun stories you might have about, about requests? Oh, man. You know, I think, okay, we'll start with the fun request. I think that every cake artist can kind of <laughs> agree on this when I say some people want like the most outrageous things, yeah. like the following day. Mm-hmm. They're like, I want this. I literally got a request for a Maserati cake, completely sculpted, for the following day at noon. Okay, it was 7 p.m. <laughs> and they wanted it for four people, and the budget was like $40. And I was like, Ugh. <laughs> Like, how is that? Like, I'm not a magician. I think that a lot of people do think that, like, people who make cakes are just, like, magicians. And you we think can you're just in the make magic this. industry? Yes. So those are always really fun. I would say that I get probably one of those requests, like, a week. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that people just don't understand how long these take. Right. So. I think you can just, you know, get the, the mix and the eggs and pop it in the oven real quick. Right. Right. Exactly. Currently. I mean, I would say that really just anything trendy to do with cakes, 
I love to stay on top of. Like, I love doing stenciling and floral work and all of those different types of things. I love painting with buttercream, stuff like that. So any of the cake trends that are up and coming, I like to try and get ahead of those and Uh then even try to create my own trends. So those, I mean, that probably falls over under like whatever cake that I've done the most recent is probably my favorite. Really? So yeah, (laughs) yeah. We, uh, we were looking at your Instagram. We saw a Phoenix Suns cake, so that's got to be one of Definitely my favorites that you've done. my favorite cake you've ever done was oh the Phoenix gosh, Suns cake. Yeah. Why haven't I reposted that one? <laughs> yes, thank yeah, you. Now's yeah, now's a good time. Yes, for sure. Yeah, this I, is a I great time to repost it. For sure, yes. Was that for like a birthday party or something? Or? Yeah, that one was a birthday cake. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you need to make a cake that says Sons and Four. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> It'll yes. blow up all over Instagram. Yes, I love that. Um, how do you communicate with a customer who, who has a request that you're not able to fulfill? How do you kind of you know keep them happy but communicate what you are and aren't able to do for them? Yeah, um, well, probably the beginning of this year, I realized that I needed to put something out there to help people understand what... I'm good at and what Mm -hmm. I'm not good at. So before I even like chat with someone, I just have them fill out a little form that understands like, you know, where the price is probably going to start with their type of cake that they're looking for. Just go ahead and kind of take care of that. And then, um, let them know that I only special specialize in buttercream. I don't do fondant, like all of these different things so that they can kind of get an understanding of who I am before we even get started on the conversation. And I think that that really prevents a lot of those kind of awkward conversations from happening. Yeah. Um, and if it's a situation where they still, you know, fill out the request and they're like, I want this fondant cake and I want it just like this. No problem whatsoever. Like I know amazing fondant cake artists all throughout the Valley. Mm. I will send them, you know, your way. Like it just, I think the best part about being a cake artist in Phoenix is everyone is friends. Like I know literally most of the cake artists around me. So it's really nice that we can just refer back and forth. We know each other's strings. It's a good time. Yeah. Yeah. So two things it sounds like you said there. Number one is setting up expectations beforehand so they know and they can't get upset if they know beforehand, you know, what you can and can't do. And number two, just having a good network of people so you can specialize in what you do best, but you don't have to turn people away. You can refer them to other people and still keep them happy and, and hopefully have them refer you later in the future as well. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Do you find yourself spending more time cleaning your pool than you spend swimming in it? Then you need to get in touch with Flamingo Pools. Flamingo Pools is your go-to swimming pool maintenance and repair company in the East Valley. Whether it's weekly maintenance, repairs, green-to-cleans, or one-time cleanings, Flamingo Pools is there to take care of you. Here's a few things that makes Flamingo Pools stand out from the crowd. When you first sign up for service, they'll give you a free complimentary inspection of the pool to make sure everything is running smoothly. They'll also email you a service report with a picture attached after every visit so you know when your pool has been cleaned. They also offer a mineral treatment, which will keep your chemical levels down, allowing you to have a healthier bathing experience. At Flamingo Pools, they know that your pool was made to be enjoyed, so let them handle the rest. Check them out at azflamingopools.com or give them a call at 480-422-6013. Mention this podcast and get your first month of weekly maintenance free. That's azflamingopools.com and 480-422-6013. What makes a good cake artist? Because there's so many people out there that make cakes. What do you think, I guess, differentiates you from, from other cake artists out there? You know, I think that some people would think that making a good cake artist is someone that makes these beautiful works of art and, you know, that's perfect and just absolutely pristine. And I, I don't think that. I think that 
a good cake artist is someone who sticks to what they love and if they are proud of what they're executing then that makes a good cake artist because if you're trying to fit yourself into this mold of what everyone else wants you to be mm-hmm. then you're not going to be a successful cake artist yeah. you truly have to stick to what you know and then you will excel cool so and what is that for you like what do you try to stick to what do you try to excel at specifically I try to get my customers to trust me and just like get get them to send me like a mood board or you know a vibe a couple photos that I can understand like what their vision is and then I just I try to get them to just trust me with the design Mm -hmm. and to me that is you know success in my business yeah yeah I was gonna say what percentage of your customers know exactly what they want and say this is what we want as opposed to on the opposite spectrum like hey I need a cake and I have no idea what I want and I'm open to whatever you suggest and everything in between. Like where, where do your, your customers lay on that spectrum? I would say about 90% of my customers that contact me already just, they just want me to run with it. Here's how much money I have. This is what I need. Here's the vibe. Will you make something and just deliver it and make it pretty? And I'm like, for sure. Like that is how I roll. And that's your dream job. Right? Yes, for love. sure. And, um, I've had a hundred percent success rate. I have not had any, I should not say that, you know, (laughs) I feel like I'm going to mess something up, but I, I haven't had anyone so far not like what I have produced. So yeah, hopefully that answers. Yeah. Yeah. You, you mentioned that you chose buttercream. What are the pros and cons of that versus fondant or, or any other technique that people use for cakes? Well, okay. Buttercream, it's a dream to work with most of the time, except in the summer. So like, oh gosh, in Arizona, it is such a hard medium to work with really? because you've got, if you don't have your customers literally sign a waiver saying, if you don't keep this refrigerated and tell your party, it will die. <laughs> so it will literally just melt and fall over. Wow. So, um, it is, it is hard, um, kind of dealing with buttercream in the summer. Yeah. Yeah, um, but the other how do you deal with that window busy. between the when it's ready and delivery to their home? Do you have a refrigerated transport? I do. Yes, I I actually created this um, fridge transport system. That have you ever heard of a noggle? It's like the thing that hooks from the front of your AC to the back to like keep kids cold. Have you heard of those? No. Anyway, I basically hooked one of those up to like an insulated box. So I have AC pumping into the back of this insulated cake carrier. Mm. And I put an ice pack in front of it or sometimes a couple ice packs. And it literally, it's like AC, like running into that cake cooler. Mm -hmm. You know, I should patent it, but. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty impressive. That's your second business right there. Right, exactly. And so do you deliver all the cakes then? I always highly recommend delivery, but if it's anything over um, a single tier, I do require delivery. Anything under a single tier or single single tier and under, you know, people can pick up. Uh-huh. So. Uh-huh. How did you figure out your pricing? Because some people, you know, go super high pricing, only want high-end customers. Some want to be the cheapest um, and get a high volume of customers. Some people are somewhere in the middle. Where do you fall there? Oh, figuring out your pricing is the hardest thing to do. I mean, with any artist, it's like, and as soon as like you up your prices, you're just like, oh my gosh, was like that too high? (laughs) And then you just, you second guess everything. And then sometimes you'll have people who are like, your pricing's too high. And then you're just like, oh my gosh, like, is it? And then you have some people who are like, Candice, your pricing is too low. So you're never (laughs) going to please anyone with your pricing, I've learned. 
Um, so you have to, you know, basically do this formula where you understand how much it's costing you. And then you have to figure out how much you want to pay yourself and you stick to it. You know, you have to understand that whatever you're producing is what you think that your value is too. So hmm. it's a, that, that is a whole topic in itself. I feel. Yeah. 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 And so you mentioned for the first year and a half that you lost money. You didn't make any money. No. And and were you making adjustments to that? Were you just plowing through and, hey, eventually I'm going to make money by doing this the same way? Like, how did that process go where you finally decided to pay yourself and not budge? Yeah, I think that the biggest thing was earning confidence for myself. Because I think initially I just didn't have any confidence. Like, I couldn't believe that, you know, someone would pay me to bake a cake. You know, it's like, because I really did, I viewed it while I viewed it as an art, I also very much viewed it as a cake. And now I view it as, you know, I have confidence in my work and that I am an artist and that I'm presenting an edible centerpiece for an event. So it's very much that confidence that kind of increased and, you know, understanding that if I'm going to stick to this, that I have to pay myself, you know. I got to pay the bills. <laughs> so sure. I have four refrigerators, so yeah. <laughs> I got to pay that electric bill. And then yeah. two in the summer, like I have to keep the AC so low. Just if not, the buttercream literally literally melts off of my cake as I'm trying to work with it if it's not cold enough. So it's a whole thing. Yeah. So your house is a good place to visit when it's hot outside. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, going back to that year and a half of not making money, was there ever a point where you kind of questioned yourself and questioned what you were doing, if you, if you were going to be successful and if you had made the wrong decision by going into this or what, what was that process like of, of going for such a long period of time without really making a lot of money? You know, I, I had a couple times where I questioned things. Um, but I think that my personality type, I think I get this from my dad is once we put our mind to something like there's no stopping it. Like I have to, I have to do it. Like, so I think that there were a couple of times where I got really discouraged. Um, but I think that that happens with every business owner, Mm -hmm. you know? So, um, I would just wake up the next day and be like, okay, like what are we going to do today? You know? So anything in particular that you do, anything that's part of your routine or just your mindset that helps with that discouragement and being able to keep going? Um, just kind of telling myself before I go to sleep, like, okay, today sucked, but we're going to wake up and we're going to do better tomorrow. So I just, I try and just sleep on it and wake up and, you know, try to, try to just forget what happened, if that Uh makes sense. Yeah. That's really Um, cool. How important is the actual taste of the cake versus just the presentation of it? Because when you're on Instagram, all you see is the presentation Mm -hmm. and a lot of people want the cake for, you know, the look of it and how cool it is. And that's often the reason people pick a certain cake artist. But then how much goes into the taste of it as well? Oh, it tastes everything for me. Like literally everything. Um, I think that the biggest compliment that you can give me is if you say that the cake tastes really good Hmm. because I mean, I've worked so hard to, you know, make this beautiful cake, but what is even more important than that is that it tastes good. So that is truly everything to me. Uh, You're also not going to see a lot of me changing the recipes up. Uh You're not going to see me adding in a bunch of different recipes or changing up my flavors because what I have and what I have, um, created is very consistent yeah and i don't i if someone orders a cake for me a year and out a year from now that only orders a cake annually i want them to have that same experience mm-hmm. um so i just want to stick to those stick to what i know basically yeah. 
do you have multiple recipes or is it all just kind of one recipe with different designs that you put around it? Um, a little of both. Um, I have, you know, different recipes for buttercream, but it's usually the base, the base is the same. Yeah. 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 Cool. And did you come up with that recipe on your own? Did it take some trial and error to kind of come up with in your mind what was the perfect cake recipe? Oh yeah, for sure. I would say it took me like a solid year to fully understand exactly what needed to go into that buttercream recipe yeah, in yeah. order to be able to create with it. Yeah. So it was a lot of adjustment for a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Talk to us a bit about, you know, getting customers, especially just starting off. Where did you find your first customer? Did you, you know, rely on family and friends starting off to, to purchase from you and to refer you? Or where did you start looking when it came to, you know, getting some, some customers? Mm. So I guess three years ago, like Facebook marketplace, was where it was at for me. I would just like post and they're like, hey, anybody need a cake? Anybody? Yeah. No, I'll pay you to take a cake anyway. <laughs> right. So that was kind of my bread and butter is just like posting okay. through there. Now you can't even do it. Like Facebook like flags you. Oh, really? Yeah. So um, and then I started realizing that Instagram was where it was at. Okay. Like that is where like people just want to see what you can do. Right. Um, and they want to see you create it. They want to see the space that you're creating it. They want to make sure that where they're ordering from is a clean space. Yeah. So I started being very open with my studio, with my kitchen, um, started like producing kind of time-lapse videos so people can see, you know, that I'm very food safe when I'm making their cakes and stuff. And I think that people started enjoying that. And then that's kind of what kickstarted the, my Instagram. That's what I'd say. Cool. So is Instagram pretty much your main source of, of customers? Yes. If anything ever happens to my Instagram, that's that's a wrap for me. <laughs> <laughs> and why did Facebook stop letting you post about cakes? Was it just something about the food industry or? I have no idea. I mean, I I guess it was like a, a couple years ago, they stopped allowing bakers to post really? in Marketplace. And I don't know what it, it probably is, food safety, which, you know, I don't blame them. But yeah, um, yeah it, it doesn't, it'll flag it and it'll take it down. So I was like, all right, cool. Hmm. Got to figure out something else. And how much of your customers is, you know, repeat returning customers versus new people that are just discovering you for the first time? Uh, you know, I would say 70% is probably repeat customers. Wow. Yeah, really? which is huge. Yeah, that is. Um, and then I people are constantly, you know, discovering me constantly. So I try to expand like and try and figure out how I can make more cakes. Uh-huh. And then I just get more tired. <laughs> So yeah, it's a pretty good amount is repeat. Yeah. Well, that's pretty impressive. It shows that you actually are pretty good at what you do if you have that many people coming back for more. Yeah. I'm super grateful, yeah. It wasn't just a one-day wonder. We're like, yeah, that looks cool, but it really wasn't that good. So yeah, yeah, it says a lot about the cake. Thank you. Out of everything you do from you know baking the cakes to dealing with customers to the actual design or the brainstorming process, what would you say is your favorite part about running the business? Ooh, you know, if I have like a three-tier cake in front of me that is just the white icing and I haven't even started on the design yet, that moment is my favorite part. Because I can literally, especially, you know, most of my customers are giving me free reign on design. I can do literally whatever I want. Yeah. So that moment is everything. Yeah. We got a blank canvas to create. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, and there's no more baking involved. So it's like, yeah. (laughs) And do you ever have like brain freezes where you're like, I'm a, I, I got this brain block. I can't, it's not coming to me what to do. Like sometimes uh, creative people have, or is it pretty much flow every time? 
that does happen on occasion, but usually I know when that happens, I need to take a vacation. I need to step away. I need to take a break. I need to go take a walk and reset my mind because it's definitely something that can happen. Yeah. Have you ever needed to do that? Like take a big vacation where there's like a couple days or a week off just to kind of reset. Mm -hmm. So like what's kind of, what has the benefit been of, of taking off uh, for you? Um, well, just, just, you know, you mentioning it, I'm actually on vacation right now. (laughs) I, you know, I have a week off. I'm flying to go see my dad. Um, and it's, it's great because, um, while I'm on vacation, I try different bakeries and I go in and, you know, I kind of see what their style is and I, I pick up inspiration from all over the place. So yeah, it's, it's good to kind of reset that and pull new inspiration, like see different colors and you know, think, oh, that would look beautiful on a cake, you know, just, you know, reset. Yeah. No, I think that's huge. I think a lot of business owners feel guilty or feel like they can't walk away from their business or or step Mm -hmm. aside uh, temporarily, but being able to just kind of reset your mind and refresh and having those, those opportunities to brainstorm and come up with new ideas. I feel like the best ideas come when you're not working, when you're just kind of relaxing, hanging out. And then that, that brand new idea or creative, creative piece of your your mind comes back so that's cool that you do that oh yeah absolutely yeah that i would highly recommend 10 out of 10 vacation (laughs) (laughs) favorite place to vacation Ooh, you know probably just i like to go see my dad yeah and he just he lives in north carolina but i just love to go home yeah cool Uh, what about we we talked about your favorite part is there anything in particular with the business that you don't like to do something that, you know, maybe one day you would eventually like to, to get someone to, to handle that you don't have to do anymore. Um, you know, of course, baking, I know I mentioned that, but, um, emails are very challenging. Uh Oh my gosh. It's, um, and that, that emails are literally how you make money, Yeah. but it's also very like, very time consuming because, you know, you get that first email and it's like, okay, now we're going to have about 10 more emails until we even have an invoice until we even have like a conclusion on what we're gonna do some people are like okay this is how much money i have whatever um and then i can just boom invoice them but some like to carry on the conversation and that takes a long time Mm -hmm. so um if i hired someone to kind of have an understanding of my process with the emails that would be great but yeah cool it sounds like you've made a lot of really cool business decisions along the way which Mm -hmm. is surprising for someone without any experience or any um like you mentioned no nobody you knew that was an entrepreneur have you read any books or listened to any podcasts along the way that have really been helpful to you and and taught you a lot and given you this this mindset that's so beneficial to an entrepreneur oh so i don't read (laughs) and i should i really should um and you know i I hate it. I, I should have like a really inspiring answer to that question, but I don't, you know, I, I love comedy. Yeah. I love people that make me laugh. And out of all of those people that I follow, they like are all very true to themselves. Uh-huh. So that's kind of what I try to stick with, yeah. I guess I would say. Yeah. Well, yeah. I love the honesty to that answer though. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you tell us then if, if you're not getting advice from other people, how would you give us some advice? Tell us what your biggest piece of advice would be to, well, two things maybe. First off, for someone who is interested in baking or cakes or just a similar industry, you know, what what's something you would tell them um, to do to get started? And then maybe after that, maybe just a general piece of, of business advice that you would give to our audience. Um, to get started, I would say um, 
you know, as I mentioned before, just stay true to yourself. Understand what you're talented at. Figure out your medium and branch off of that. Mm-hmm. Also, don't ever stop learning. Like for me right now where I feel like I have a really good understanding of what I'm doing, yeah. I will never stop taking classes. I will never stop. Don't ever feel like you've capped out, I guess I would say. Um, don't ever feel like you, you know, if another cake artist offers you a piece of advice, don't say, oh, I know. You know, soak it in, you know, because there may be a tiny piece of information at the end of that sentence that you didn't know that blossoms your business. You know what I mean? So I would, that would be my piece of advice. And then what was the second question? I'm sorry. Um, just a general piece of business advice for, yeah. for people in general. Yeah. Then I would just, you know, just stay true to yourself, you know? Nice. So. No, I love the humility of just always being open to learning more, whether it's taking classes or taking advice from other people. A lot of people in your position, once they start to see a bit of success, you can feel like you know everything. You don't want to spend time continuing to learn or especially taking advice from other people. So um, the fact that you're able to continue to soak up advice from other people will continue to help you grow and succeed in business. That's really cool. Yeah, and I would say um, just because someone is giving you a piece of advice, don't feel like you have to take it, Mm. you know? Um, a lot of people told me to go a different route Yeah, and they were like, no, like you, you should create what this person is giving you. You should follow that photo. And I'm like, that's not me, you know? Yeah. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. And then I just didn't, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, just find your own path with it. I For guess sure. I would say. So how do you balance that then? Because a lot of people have good intentions and give you advice. And sometimes, you know, taking that advice is, is super beneficial for you. But other times, like you said, you have to be true to yourself and not everyone's advice is best for you. So how do you know when to accept the advice, when to follow it and when to know that, you know, hey, there you have the best intentions, but that's not what's best for me right now. Yeah. I, and I think that I would say just that, you know, I would just I've learned to tell people wow, I love that. I do. I think that's amazing. I don't feel that that is my journey though, Hmm. you know? Um, But I think that, you know, maybe that would be great for, you know, this business or something like that. But just being very appreciative of the advice that they're giving you, you know, I guess is how I try to handle it. Um, You know, it it can get kind of awkward, but I I try to just take it in strides. Awesome. You know, that's powerful. Yeah. Cool. Well, Candice, um, we've really loved having you on, loved everything you've shared so far. Before we're going to close up, we have a little game that we're going to play with you. Okay. So how it's going to work is we have a list of 20 questions we're going to ask you. Ah. And <laughs> you have a minute to answer as many of them as you can. Okay. Give you a hint. You've already answered one of them. Great. <laughs> All right. You can start us off in three, two, one. Your dream vacation. Ooh. Uh, oh, gosh. I don't know. Uh, uh, Italy. First thing you'd buy if you won a million dollars. Um, uh, geez, I don't know. Um, uh, a bunch of dogs on a dog farm. Your favorite hobby? Um, softball. Uh, if there was an Olympic competition for everyday activities, what activity would you have a good chance at winning a medal in? Um, smoothing a cake. <laughs> a song you've been jamming to lately? Ooh, oh gosh, mm, 80s music, just in general. Uh, if you lived to be 100, would you rather have the mind or the body of your prime self? Uh, mind for sure your favorite holiday um christmas no question Fa- favorite ice cream flavor oh um i don't like i don't like ice cream <laughs> favorite fictional character oh um pass i don't know <laughs> favorite smell gardenia what's your nickname um candy 
Pet peeve. Oh, sorry. The timer just went off. No. There was, it didn't ring. We'll, we'll let you answer that if you have an answer, though. Uh, pet peeve. Ooh, I have so many. I mean, honestly, we don't have all day. <laughs> <laughs> Dream vacation. I thought you were going to say North Carolina, but Italy. I know. I know. You That's know, where you really need to go. I So I had mentioned that I'm gluten-free but before we started. Uh-huh. And apparently in Italy, you can eat the pasta there because it's so clean. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. So yeah. Did, have you heard that too? Well, uh, we had that experience. My wife has gluten issues. And we had that experience yeah. in Norway where she could eat the pastries and, and the breads. And it didn't impact her at all. That's it. I'm moving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Do you have any world influences in your baking? Like like uh, Italian influence or or is it pretty much uh, American? You know, southern. Uh-huh. I have southern influences. Southern yeah. yeah. I wish I could I wish I could say that I had a beautiful worldly influence, but I don't. It it all comes from my grandma's kitchen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And you talked about being gluten-free before we started recording. Is, did you always know you were gluten-free or did you not figure out until you got into to baking? Uh, no, it was something that kind of happened, uh, I guess it was like a few years ago. Okay. I was like, okay, like my body says, absolutely not. We're not having any more gluten. So I was like, cool. So that was funny because it was right when I decided to do a career change and go into cakes. Okay. So that was a good time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And didn't stop you at all then? No, not at all. I was like, wow. Well, I'll still taste my cakes, but we'll just be super gentle about it. Right. But yeah. it definitely helps with the temptation, I'm sure. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Candice, why don't you let our guests know where they can find out more about you? I'm sure everyone's pretty hungry from listening to this episode, but let us know where our audience can connect with you. Uh, mostly on Instagram at Honeybee Cake Co. And my website is honeybeecakeco.com. Awesome. Mm-hmm. We'd love to get a local hustlers themed uh, cake one of these days. Heck yes, that would be awesome. That would oh my be gosh, awesome. and your logo? Yeah, yeah, I'm feeling it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on. Um, loved again, once again, everything you had to share with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Well, have a good week, everyone. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. Just a few things before we go. First off, if you or someone you know is an entrepreneur in the East Valley, we'd love to have you on the show. Please get in touch with us by emailing us at localhustlerspodcast at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram at localhustlerspodcast. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for the latest news and updates. Also, if you enjoyed the show, please take a few seconds to rate and review and hit that subscribe button. It lets us know how we're doing. It helps us grow so we can reach more locals, entrepreneurs, and help small businesses grow. Thanks, guys.